0: cliffcentral.com
1: Okay, we are live. Pumi and I are ready to take you into the Burning Platform this morning. We've got lots of interesting stuff to talk about. We have a special guest, uh, Professor Tabo Leguaila, who is a tax ombudsman, and he will tell us about the rights of taxpayers. Also going to be joined in a short while by Mighty Jamie, who is a researcher analyst, commentator, and no stranger to the Burning Platform. It's
2: it's le, ho-a-y-le. like ho-a-y-le. Oh, there sorry. You go. Well done, young we,
1: man. Did we spell it wrong or?
2: No, it's spelled correctly. It's just, it's the way you say it. My
1: pronunciation is shitty. Sorry, Pums. Thank you for sorting that out. Very good. Very Welcome. good. All right. Well, we'll get to the prof in a second. There's lots of stuff to talk about this morning. Um, not only in tax, but we're going to talk about some of the things that Jamie wants to talk about possible cabinet reshuffles, as well as something <laughs> we had last week with the Nigerian elections. We'll see how those turned out. But first, let us introduce our special guest for this morning. Prof, it's a great pleasure to have you here, and thank you for joining us in the studio this morning. How are you?
0: Good morning. Thank you very much, uh, Gareth, and for me to have me here. Um, I just heard you guys pride yourselves with mispronouncing my surname. <laughs> it's Le-way-ila. Um But don't worry
1: about it. It's difficult Le-way-ila. for many
0: people. Le-way-ila,
1: yes. Le-way-ila.
0: I'm thank you.
1: All right. Once we hear it, we'll get it right from there on, I promise. So, uh, <laughs> Prof, let's just start off because, you know, tax has become such a burning issue in South Africa because I think we all feel like we don't mind paying a little bit of tax to be a part of society. Tax is an important part of what makes a country work. Everybody makes a contribution. There's some things that only the state can do, et cetera, et cetera. But I think in South Africa, a lot of people are upset about the tax situation whether they pay a little or a lot to everybody, it's a lot of money that they they earned and they have to hand over. But we worry because we see how it's misappropriated and we see how, you know, yesterday, uh, sorry, last week this time, we were talking about the Minister of Finance tabling his budget and he said, oh no, they've brought in more money than they expected. Now that's our money as the citizens of South Africa and we, we're hoping, Pumi, that it gets – used for the right reasons. But I don't think a lot of us feel a lot of confidence in the system. So, Prof, what is the system for taxation in South Africa? How does it vary between South Africa and other countries in the world?
0: Yeah, that's an interesting one to start off with, Gareth. You know, that is why tax is compulsory. It's not optional. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, we always say the unfortunate thing about tax is that, you know, you cannot hold it back and say, I'm not happy with how government is using my money, therefore I'm not going to pay. You've got to pay anyway. Uh, you've right. got other avenues of dealing with uh, um, raising your dissatisfaction or your satisfaction with how um, government uses money. I mean, if you think about it, if tax was optional. Even people who are happy with how government uses the money would rather not pay, you know. <laughs> and that is, that is common throughout the world. Um, mm-hmm. so, so, our system works pretty much the same as many other or, or, well pretty much same as all other countries in the world you 've got compulsory uh, uh, a system of taxation. you pay the tax government takes your money, and then government decides on how government is going to use the money you You touched on an important point about um, the Minister of Finance, saying that we have uh, collected more than we we needed to. And I think that one of the things that I would uh, um, applaud about that situation is that um, that talks to a lot about voluntary uh, uh, compliance by our taxpayers, and we like that. Uh, But then also, let's not forget that what the Minister then did was that the Minister then introduced measures of kind of bringing back to the taxpayers what he could. We know about the incentive that was brought up. Uh, It's got its own purpose, but the incentive for uh, usage of uh, renewable energy like solar, that's like government saying Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to forego some taxes in order to allow this particular activity that we would like to happen. Secondly, where the minister says, okay, I understand that we have, you you owe taxes and you pay taxes, but you know, I'm going to ease the burden a little bit by, um, adjusting taxes for inflation. So I'm not going to continue taking more than I should. I will allow, um, taxpayers, um, some form of reprieve, um, by way of adjusting taxes for inflation, which is a good thing. So we haven't seen this. All the time. There were years that there was too much pressure on the minister to, 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 to collect uh, taxes and, and therefore did not do that, uh, what we call budget creep. Uh, so this is, it's like a very good uh, sweetener to paying taxes.
1: <laughs> well, we're gonna, I mean, we're going to run a poll as we do on Thursdays now and let people cast their own opinion out there. And we were interested to hear what people think because everybody in South Africa is a taxpayer. It's not just income tax. We have corporate taxes. We have, uh, customs and, and duties. We have VAT and everybody pays some part of, of their day to government. I mean, you know, if you're really unlucky, you spend four to five months of the year working for government. And many people would say that that's doesn't sound very fair to them. And other people will say, no, no, this is absolutely fair. This is a form of, of redistribution of resources, which the country needs so desperately. So it depends on what point of the uh, political spectrum you find yourself on. But I'm sure we have lots of questions from Jamie and Pumi as well. I'm going to let them have a chance. You're a, you're a tax ombud though, and that is a very specific role. So tell us quickly, Prof, what that means.
0: Yeah, thanks, Gareth. So our role in this entire tax system is. Is, is to enhance the, 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 the trust, enhance the confidence in the tax system to improve compliance. So whilst, um, you know, there are very many different players in this, SARS being the biggest player which collects the taxes, SARS being entrusted with uh, that role, but that role also comes with a lot of power um, to collect. The, the power to collect Basically says that SARS should be able to collect from the good and the bad, you know, those that would (laughs) comply voluntarily and those that would, that would only comply when they are shown the keys to the jail. So, um, so SARS needs those powers. One, one of the powers that I would talk about very easily is the, um, third party appointment where if you owe SARS, SARS is able to go to your bank or to your employer to say, pay us, uh, from Gareth's bank account, or do not pay his salary next month, pay it to SARS because he owes SARS. So you need those powers. But you can understand that drastic as those powers are, they, they, they are only used in special circumstances where a taxpayer really recalcitrant doesn't want to pay. However, there needs to be a kind of like monitoring system or reference point where we are able to make sure that the SARS applies those powers Correctly and only in the right circumstances and follows procedure. Now we've got instances where, um, for whatever reason, procedures would not be followed properly. That's where our office comes in. Our office then comes as an avenue for taxpayers who are aggrieved, who find that the service that they receive from the source is not what they should receive. They're not treated the way they should be. They that feel that the procedures or the service or the administrative elements are not are not properly adhered to. And then we go back to SARS and call them to order. Basically I recommend to them that they should follow the processes. Um, so, so, so you can
1: be you can be an ally to people who feel that they've been treated unjustly by the tax system. And by people who SARS owes money to, frankly, because a lot of us pay in advance and then SARS holds on to our money for two, three years. And if we're lucky, we get it back eventually. Um, but we can go to you for that kind of thing. We can we could say to you, they're treating us unfairly and you will help us sort that out, right?
0: Absolutely. So you, you would, you know, in order for us to not overreach, we require you to actually go to the SARS first. Let's say, for example, as you're saying, there's a refund due to you. We require you to go to the SARS first and say, please refund me my money. And then mm-hmm. SARS, if SARS right. doesn't, within the limited time or within the the, the, the given time, yeah. you are able to then come to us and say, this is my problem. And then, I mean, this is one of the issues that we deal with quite a lot, where um, uh, taxpayers are not refunded on time. And with systems like the VAT, I mean, I heard you mention various taxes uh, uh, that we are in the country and i'm very impressed with that but with systems like the vet we work on a refund system where you pay and then mm. if you 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 are likely to overpay and then you need to be refunded and because uh our small businesses depend a lot on liquidity if you're not refunded yep. on time that might lead to the demise of your business so we we, we help Correct. you with that. we also make sure that you get paid interest on that sometimes you don't even know that you're you 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 should be paid interest on the amount that is due. Like you say in your example, if SARS has held on to your money for two years, held on to a hundred thousand rand, a hundred thousand rand in two years from now, it's not a hundred thousand rand. So you know we we need to ensure that um, you 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 get your money back with interest.
1: Yeah. You do Someone's probably- commenting your look right now for me someone someone's commenting on the way that you're looking at the prof. I don't
0: I, I
2: don't I don't know what that means but i think we we were remiss in, in the starting of the show prof you know i, I want to because the, we're not like we're, we're not like all these other stations so you you are free yeah we're not going to be judged by us and and i'm i'm so glad that you actually um decided to come and join us because i think what One of the, the things that South Africans are, Jamie. Okay, sorry about that. Uh Can you not hear us? Is that what? It is, no, we.
3: No, I thought I was muted.
2: Oh no, no, you're not.
1: Okay. <laughs> Jamie exactly.
2: arrives late and then he wants to touch things here in the studio, guys. He must. He must also be called to order. <laughs> welcome,
1: welcome, Jamie. Good to see you again. Jamie will be uh, will be climbing in here, hook, line, and sinker in a second. But carry on, please
2: because i think that you, the the right now south africans have got such a lot of pent up anger that is rightly or wrongly directed at a particular sphere of government and that then results in us feeling like cuz the the one way that we interact a lot with the government is through taxation and so there, there's definitely lots of of calls of why must i participate in this manner, right? And I'm one of the people that were very angry, actually, with the minister talking about how record collections, because at a time when people's pockets are so pitched, not just by inflation, but by also, a, you know, a regime of kind of the, the interest rates going up, but the, mm. everything is so much, and for the the goal of it, for the minister to stand up and say, we have collected more tax than ever before, is quite irritating. Especially when you know that um the way that the tax is used and that your money is being held on to. And I like you talking about a reasonable time. So what is that reasonable time that I can wait to hear back from sales? Because they don't answer their phones. So even if you try and go back to them, they're not answering their phones. So it's a useless thing. So what's the reasonable time? How much time should I let lapse before I come to you to say, Hey, these buggers haven't given me back my money?
0: Right. Thanks for okay. me. I mean- <laughs> <laughs> reasonable time is not the right word actually if you, you, you go about it because the, the taxes are governed by law uh, as i said before so um depending on what tax it is that you 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 paid or you are you're due for a refund and the processes that are involved in that particular with that particular tax you might find that Your refund should be paid in 45 days, or should be, you know, paid within a shorter period. So let's use 45 45 days as an example. If if you are due for a refund, it needs to be paid within 45 days. It doesn't get paid in 45 days. SARS requests you to uh, provide more information, for example, your IRP5 or whatever, to verify. Remember that they need to be accurate to verify. You've got. Um, they've got a further 30 days for example to then refund you if they don't that is when you come to us in order to resolve that but i need to alert you to um what you talk about people being upset with the minister whatever the minister said you know we are there's about 60 million people in the country so we've got Probably s- potentially sixty million different views about what the minister said last week mm-hmm. now the point the point there is there are very many different avenues of raising very many different things that we deal with in the country and and it has to be like that you know it has to be like that in terms of which there are there are specialist areas we we are concerned with the procedural service and administrative matters that you may have against the SARS. That's our role. We need to limit ourselves to that. Otherwise we overreach. Uh, We're going to, you'll find that we're going to duplicate attempts at resolving an issue. Like for example, I would say to you, if your car breaks down, you don't take your car to the dentist. Right. You you take your car to wherever you go, you know, to a mechanic to fix that. So what I'm saying is you being concerned and worried about how the minister allocates the money or the fact that we've received a lot of money. It's not a matter that would should and would be dealt with by the um, mm. by, by the Office of the Tax Ombud, for example. <clears throat> An example that, that I would give you is, is one of the things that I'm closest to that I hear a lot and that I'm very sympathetic with is people, for example, pensioners <laughs> um, telling you that I am old. I've been paying tax for 45 years. I should be absolved from paying tax going forward. I earn a little. I only receive about 70% of what I used to get. I am sick. I've got a lot of medical expenses you know, please tell the minister not to text me anymore. And I'm saying, whether I agree with that or not, you unfortunately, can't I can't help you. You are able to go to the Ministry of Finance, to the National Treasury, and the National Treasury has a process in terms of which every year they receive comments from taxpayers in their legislative amendments. They they consider that. They meet with the taxpayers. They meet with the um with tax practitioners to get advice on how to uh, to change the tax system. Unfortunately, something like that, although I might be passionate about it, it's something totally outside of my my ambit.
2: So Thanks. just uh, speaking of ambit then, mm-hmm. right? So I understand if I don't get my refund, you're the person that I can come and talk to. What other areas can I come to complain to you about and and expect some kind of assistance?
0: Yes. So, so as I said... Um, there is the issues of procedure like okay. for example you get a third party appointment where your bank deducts your money and pays it over to SARS on SARS instruction but you have not received a letter from the SARS to say you owe tax <laughs> you know okay. they need to follow the procedure okay secondly you can come to us about issues of service like you you correctly said sometimes you call SARS and you don't your, your calls are not answered All the service the that they are providing it's not up it's not up to standard if that is the case. And that you can complain about. Um and, and 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 other administrative issues. You cannot um we cannot deal with issues that are um of a policy nature, like I said with the pensioners, uh-huh. but also we cannot deal with issues that are subject to objection and appeal, um, you know, or, or matters that are before the courts. We cannot deal with that. So and that does not mean that there are no Avenues to deal with that. I just want to emphasize that 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 our role in the entire tax system, in the big scheme of things, is to help you with that, and that is why, for me, last year or the year before last, we started a campaign where we talk about taxpayers' rights and how how much the taxpayers' rights matter. You know, mm-hmm. I, I believe in us helping taxpayers access, be be aware of. And access and exercise their rights, like the right to finality. Like, for example, if you if you complain of if you object to the SARS, there needs to to be a point where SARS deals with your matter and concludes that You can't wait forever. I, I mean, secondly, one other right that is very important is the right to confidentiality. You know, if you provide SARS with um, your information, you know, and and you you, you, you a, a, a SARS. Employee cannot then go like, Oh, did you see? Did you know how much Pumi ends? Pumi ends so much. And then they, you know, <laughs> tell everybody how much you earn or how much you don't earn. <laughs> so, so there are those fundamental rights that, that need to be, uh, taxpayers need to be aware of and, and access and exercise.
2: Yeah. And what kind of recourse um, or, or kind of relief then do you offer taxpayers when they come to you? What, what kind of relief
0: can they expect from you? Absolutely. So the relief would differ from case to case. So if you come to us and say um, SARS has not provided me with reasons why they came to a different amount to me. So you paid your 50,000 rents tax and then SARS comes back to you and says, no, no, no. There's an amount due by you of an additional 20,000. You've got the right to go back to SARS and say, SARS, tell me why. How did you get to this amount? Right. In that case... Uh, and SARS doesn't provide you with that. In that case, you can come to us and say and tell us that. And then we are able to say to SARS, provide for me with the reasons why you've come up to this. And if, for example, the issue is, um, that you disagree with SARS about that same amount. Right? You, you're able to, yes. and, 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 you tell SARS that SARS, I did my calculations. They're different from your calculations. I should have only paid 48,000. I actually paid 50. Um, you need to refund me. And SARS says, no, no, no. You should have paid 70. Oh. You, you, you're able to object. SARS cannot say, no, we don't want to hear you out. If they don't want to hear you out, you're able to come to us. And then we are able to say to SARS, SARS, have this discussion with Pumi. Like, uh, allow her to object, you know? And if 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 you feel that you don't have enough knowledge of your taxes for you to uh, de- have a debate with the SARS on this, you, you've got a right to legal representation, rep- representation. And SARS cannot say, no, 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 we're not going to talk to anybody about this, only you. No, 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 no. We're able to say to SARS, ah, 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 allow permit to bring Exactly.
1: Don't my lawyer okay just quickly i want to throw in the poll so that people can start voting and then uh, i know you've got a question and then jamie's got some as well but the poll <laughs> is up so we want you to vote in the poll which you can vote on youtube for and here it is uh the various options and of course this doesn't relate to the tax ombudsman but to tax in general tax is a theft b the cost of being part of society. C, unfair and penalizes certain people more than others. Or D, the fairest way to distribute resources. Mm-hmm. Go and vote in the poll. We will compare the results and, at the end of the show.
0: And also, when you you're there, have, voting, you don't have E, all of the above, and F, <laughs> none of the above. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, well th- this is my last question about the way in which we are dealt with. So the customer service from SARS officials, very many people, especially because a lot of my friends, small business owners having issues with the stank attitude that one deals with from these officials who, who, who thinks like this is their uncle's house? Can I come and complain to you about that kind of stuff too?
0: Yeah, you know, you know, Pumi, I would like you to complain to the SARS first. I would like you to go to the SARS has a, a an office called the CMO, complaints management office, that deals with that SARS is not I mean, SARS does not want to ill treat taxpayers. SARS understands that you are the biggest clients. You need to, you know, like I said, we, we want to encourage voluntary compliance yeah. and voluntary compliance is good for the country. You know why? Because if people comply voluntarily, we use less resources to collect the taxes. So we, 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 we would employ fewer people to collect as opposed to having huge audit teams because people don't comply voluntarily. Mm. So SARS is interested in that. SARS wants to hear that that okay. if there are that those concerns about you being ill treated by their uh, and and I think um this needs to come out this needs to be known um and SAS I think makes an effort to make taxpayers know that the their service is good i mean they they've got a, 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 a the going that says um at your service you know it's they want that so your first port of call is to go to them they would like to hear you um and if, if you are not heard, then you can come to us because then that, that, then, then, we, then they, we would be able to um, talk to them about them improving their service in that regard if they have not improved it from you directly um, raising the complaint with them.
2: Okay. Jamie, your mic is on.
1: Well, I don't have any questions.
2: <laughs> you, you're not <laughs>
1: muted. You don't have any questions for the source? No
2: questions about us.
3: <laughs> no, I think he's covered a lot of the ground. I think a lot of the questions that you guys had have been dealt with. I think the only thing I'd ask is what's the turnaround time on a dispute being resolved once it's lodged with your office?
0: Yeah, we, we work on a 15-day, 15 15-working-day 15 turnaround. And um, we 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 I must say that we pride ourselves in the fact that we actually um, resolve most, 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 like a high percentage of our complaints uh, during that time. Obviously, there would be challenges for example, where we require information, be it from the SARS or the taxpayer, and there's delays with that information being provided to us, that tends to um, cause some delays. But also, uh, Jamie, um, adding on to what follows from your question would be, then when we have received these complaints and we resolve them, does SARS actually listen? Um, and if they do, how much do they listen? Um, one of the Biggest success stories of our, our office and the interaction between our office and SARS is that uh, SARS implements about 98% of our recommendations. Wow. 98%. Wow. I mean, that is more than distinction, right? I mean, the
1: last That's time. fantastic. <laughs> more so than the
0: pass rate. Yeah. So <laughs> with the 98% and the remaining two, somebody would ask what happens to them. The remaining two, they need to justify to us as to why they don't implement, and they do that uh, so th- there's a variety of reasons why they would not implement uh but they they ne- they need to explain that to us and and they actually do so I think that in the end um that kind of like shows how much uh impact or, or 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 how how they hold us, how they understand what they do the quality of the work that we do actually as well um, um re- Assisting mm. taxpayers at that, at that rate.
1: Yeah. Wow. So That's, I have wow. a question.
0: That's impressive.
1: Um, that was, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. Jamie may be out of questions, Prof, but I, I want to know because our, our SARS commissioner, Edward Kiesvetter, said the other day, um, it may even have been towards the end of last year that, uh, South Africans should know that a tax revolt is a very bad idea. And while many South Africans are compliant and he, you know, he hopes South Africans will continue to be compliant. He's in a little bit of an awkward position there. And I mean, I, again, this doesn't relate to your office of, of tax ombudsman because it's clear to me that you guys are our allies if we have an issue with SARS and that there are rights that a taxpayer is entitled to. But ultimately, I think the SARS commissioner is in a difficult position because he knows that people are furious at the moment with uh, wasteful expenditure by the government, by all kinds of, of of things that are going on, nefarious and dodgy things that are going on once our taxes have been taken in and distributed by the financial ministry i think he's in a difficult position he's trying to convince us that you have to pay your taxes and you should abide by the law and all of that stuff but the average south african is steadily tending towards less and less uh respect and and uh, admiration for the law and i think this is a very hard balance you know there are countries where we have seen tax revolts Um, income tax, by the way, I was talking to an American the other day, income tax was only something brought in, in America in about the 1920s, you know, before that income tax wasn't really a thing. And many people say that in South Africa, you know, very poor people shouldn't be taxed at all, or in South Africa, that it is unfair that people are taxed at different levels because we all have to contribute to society. Um what do you, what do you think the the ultimate outcome of this is and how much room is there in South Africa for debate around these things because it seems to me that we can debate all kinds of policy you know in society we can talk about this and and that and we can have arguments about how social welfare is done and how health is conducted and how education is but it doesn't seem that the politicians are ever too keen for us to have discussions around a tax system
0: yeah so a tax system, um, once again, when you talk about a, a, a tax revolt, it is, um, we know that any form of revolt um, would result in chaos, firstly, uh, whether it achieves the purpose or not. But I am a big fan of people using the right avenues to correct the particular wrongs. So, for example, for me, and I'll, I'll just use two casual examples. For me, if... Money is being embezzled and money is being misused. Mm-hmm. Why? Why would we? Why would the first board of call not be to get the person that misuses the money or steals the money arrested? That's that's the most direct result of of, of misappropriating money. Get them arrested. Right. Now, if you feel that um, the 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 the, the Government is not doing enough to um, uh, bring the people that are in the wrong to book. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got elections to to correct that. There are some people that are happy with government. There are people that might not be happy with government. And a democratic society or a democratic system allows us to um, go to the polls and, and express that. I don't think that the tech system is the right, uh, way to correct things that we are, uh, not happy with, with, for example, roads, education, electricity, uh, you know, the police, et cetera. I, I, I think that we need to be direct about, uh, about that. There are very many avenues that we have to correct the particular things, you know, the, for example, the, 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 department of transport or is it roads and um, has the responsibility yeah. to, to ensure that our, our roads are, are in, in proper order. If they don't, then you need to go through the avenues of the, that department to complain. Mm-hmm. The tax system, they, you know, the, in all of this, the tax system hasn't done anything wrong. I haven't heard anybody say that, that, the the source or the tax system is wrong in this way. You could say, uh, uh, in 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 what you just said, Elia Gareth, to say that people are complaining that the poor people should not be taxed. That is something that the tax system knows, and that is why our tax system is progressive. Progressive in that the lower you earn, there are people. That there's a level below, which I think is about a hundred thousand right now. If you earn mm-hmm. about a hundred thousand rings or less, you don't pay tax. That is in recognition of the fact that you don't pay we income don't, tax. You don't pay income tax. Do you understand? You don't, if it, the, 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 progressivity, we try to also uh, include it in other systems like the VET, in terms of which we say that certain goods are exempt. You don't pay tax when you're buying certain basic goods. That is just to say we want to alleviate the tax um, um, burden on just to make sure that the people who are the poorest, who, are, who can just only afford the basics, do not pay tax. However, we will you know, and it's progressive like that. So if there are people that are able to buy um, expensive um, German vehicles, etc., and people who are able to buy expensive alcohol, whiskeys, and all that, we would put excise on that at a very high rate. You know, we would, for example, put carbon tax on those vehicles, um, and obviously you also pay tax uh, vet on that. So the progressivity is pretty much everywhere in our tax system. So we're not we're not obli- the tax system is not oblivious yeah. of those requests or, or, or lo- logical um, uh, demands that the poor not be more disadvantaged by the tax system.
2: Which, look, you talk about progressive. I yeah. know in 2019, 2018, 2019, I think, South Africa became one of very few countries in the world that doesn't tax sanitary products right? Because like a tax on only the women folk because they bleed. <laughs> was And, and just right. that, you know, right. there, there was right. quite a big kind of push to take away the tax from sanitary products and for the government to say, okay, we hear you and and allow that. Mm-hmm. I think that's talk to how progressive our tax regime and, is.
1: Well, I mean, where I also think tax is progressive is that they're constantly coming up with new taxes. I mean, anywhere <laughs> government can find a way to... No, they do. And they've tried to find a way to tack on a tax to just about everything. I mean, we know we're already paying a huge amount of, of duties on fuel, for example. And that means that everything goes up as a result of fuel going up. We know that um, customs and, and and excise, you know, where if I order something from overseas, I end up paying more to the government for having ordered that than I do to the person who's actually supplying me with the goods. So it's become unfeasible for me to do that. And I think that while they can justify in all sorts of ways that they're trying to protect local industry or whatever. I don't know that that's true. I think that they're just on the take. And I think governments, anywhere in the world, governments are trying their best to find new ways and innovative ways of getting money out of their citizens.
0: Very true, um, to a very large extent. And like you say, um, there is very many different ways of, you're saying, justifying it or explaining mm. it um yes. like you, you you yourself um mentioned the reason why government might want to tax you more when you're importing goods because we want to protect the local guys and and the local guys would say if you allow our people to import then we're not able to make money out of what we produce as proudly south Africans. so so there's those many things like for example Government would introduce the sugar tax. You know the sugar tax, right? Uh, The money that you pay extra. Yeah. The the point being, look, we're trying to get people to live healthy, but at the same time, the consumption of sugar costs government a lot extra. Therefore, we need to collect that more in order to uh, handle or deal with the negative externalities that come with the consumption of sugar. Whether it's the right thing or not, what government does is gives you an avenue to, to contact the national treasury and say, I, Gareth, do not agree with this tax. I think it should be adjusted. And they listen to that and consider and make a decision, an informed decision based but, on what would have they, been submitted.
1: But prop, will they, will they listen? It's fine mm. that they've got these. I mean, Pumi and I both know that we could sit here and wax lyrical every day about all the things we think are unfair or fair and make suggestions, but most of the time, these things just get thrown in the rubbish bin, don't they?
0: They, 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 don't, they don't necessarily get thrown in the rubbish bin. What you would think about, Gareth, is that there are two competing views, there are two competing, or in, in most instances, more than two competing views, where somebody says, the Department of Health says, you know, there is obesity in this country costs us a lot, or they say alcohol consumption or alcohol-related illnesses or alcohol-induced crimes put pressure on the health system. And therefore, we need more money. And then one says, okay, let's increase tax on alcohol so that it directly or indirectly f- fills that, that gap from
1: that. But, now, uh, e- the, the, obvious, the obvious argument against this is the yeah. is the idea of a carbon tax. And this is not a uniquely South African thing this is happening all over the world where they're going to charge you more for a gas guzzling car or they're going to attach carbon credits or debits to every person depending on how far they travel whether you fly whether you you know use this means of transport or another and that money does not directly go to fighting our carbon emissions in any which it just goes into the big pot that government will then use for all their other purposes so it doesn't it doesn't directly Go to, I mean, like the sugar tax doesn't go directly to the health department, obviously. So these things Mm. can go; they can end up in uh, the tenders of, you know, some cousin of some minister because they're busy supplying things that are never supplied, and they can go and buy themselves a bottle of Johnny Blue afterwards without having to worry about the taxation on it.
0: But Gareth how do you know whether a particular uh, hundred rand or a thousand rand that you contributed to carbon tax is gonna go? There or not? I think that the idea of ring fencing is the the idea of ring fencing. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not, because it is for the expenditure or the yeah the the the, the, the expenditure part of government to actually look at where the money is needed the most and to make that adjustment. Because let let's say for, and things change every year. You don't know whether the our education is going to require more when we have collected a lot on carbon tax and then we decide the most prudent I'm, thing to do is to put it into education. I just think that that volition needs to be put on a trusted government in order to decide where uh, it's best to spend. And I think that's the issue,
2: right? And, and I, I know we, we've spent quite an inordinate amount of time talking about um, mm. the issue of of tax, but I think it that that's the fulcrum on which it turns, well, I think for a lot of I, South Africans I, 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 is the trusted government is we have lost mean, trust
1: yeah and and that's a separate issue that's not the tax ombudsman's it's fault not. It, but I do want to bring in Jamie, he's got a bunch of other things here and, and Prof feel free to join in here on on things that are not related to tax, but Jamie's coming with a, judge you. no, not at all. <laughs> So, Jamie, first of all, we've heard a lot about these cabinet reshuffles. Um, is it finally going to happen? Is the president finally going to actually put his money where his mouth is or in the sofa or wherever? I mean, what's the story here?
3: Well, it looks as if um, there are going to be some cabinet reshuffles happening within the next seven days. The days keep shifting. But we saw, you um, know, getting sworn in as a member of parliament, which opens up a space for someone else to come in um, from outside because you're only allowed to have two cabinet appointments which come from outside um, the National Assembly. So what you've seen is um rearranging strategically of various um, MP slots so that the president can have some room, you know. So a couple of people being sworn in earlier in the year. So that, you know, Paul Mashadile, for instance, can take up the vice presidency position. We'll see what happens with the Ministry of Electricity, which I think one of, is one of the ones people will be looking out for. People are saying that Sputler might be the person who comes in. He was, uh, uh the, the premier of Twane. No, he was um, the mayor. mayor, sorry, of Twane. And, um, people are saying, well, if he comes in, you know, is he going to be able to deliver everything that he can? because he also left Tswane uh, under a shadow of controversy. If you recall, there were protests and people in in Soshanguva and several other areas said that they were not happy with uh, Sputla. So um, th- that's one of the things that everyone will be looking at. And the other question fundamentally is what can you do if your benches don't have the necessary um, technical skills to resuscitate the cabinet? Because I mean, People will say, you know, the Minister of Police has not done a good job. They'll say the Minister of Education has not done a good job. We know Figel Balula is leaving, but many people feel that he didn't do a good job, uh, you know, with rail and roads. And you could go down and list, you know, uh, some people are not happy with Nkosazara Daminizuma. People are not happy with the small business minister still under Benny Abrahams.
2: Jamie, could... I think you, you might be better off doing, uh, telling us who people are happy
1: with.
3: Well, I mean, yeah, you come up with
1: another.
3: Publications, uh, do grade ministers and most of them score at an E or worse level. So it, it, it's, it's, it's not, um, it's not a strong, you know, pool of applicants that he oh. is working with, um, in the <laughs> opinion oh. of the media. Um, yeah. Which does rate these things. So, I mean, Mail and Guardian, I think, has done annual, um, you know. Which
2: they haven't actually in the past, I think, two years they haven't. You know, this is Cyril Ramaphosa gets a free pass from many media houses because they haven't. They I think haven't they may not done...
3: have done one last year, but the previous year they, they
2: definitely you know, did So one. it's it's interesting that he does get this free pass, but everybody who listens to the show knows Cabinet well, on our first there, show said there's gonna be imminently a cabinet reshuffle. We're still not seeing a cabinet reshuffle and the date are keeps there,
1: changing. Are there, any, are there any ministers that you or Jamie think have done a good job? Uh, and perhaps, perhaps even the prof, I don't know how you know whether he's allowed to deliver comment on these kinds of things, but prof, if you want to, you're welcome to join in. But Jamie, is there is there a minister who you think has done a very good job?
3: You know, I'm, I'm very skeptical about, um, the government performance of, of, of all cabinets across Africa. So I'm the wrong person to ask because I, I don't really, um, I don't have anybody I wake up in the morning saying, thank God this person is in the cabinet. Um, <laughs> who would be your
2: dream? We, I asked this the other day. If, if you could advise the president on his cabinet reshuffle and you could pick from anyone across all parties, across every single member of, uh, parliament, who would be your dream cabinet?
3: Okay, so um, I think I've thought about education a bit. I think I would actually try to get the VC of VIDS to become the vice chancellor, not the vice chancellor, minister of basic education because he has an extensive research background in maths, in physics, and that's one of our weakest areas. And he has competence in actually running an institution with thousands of pupils so he understands some of the dynamics. And having come from a black background...
1: Is that, uh, is that prof, uh, Zeblon Villagazi.
3: Zeblon Villagazi. So he would be somebody I would consider for that particular kind of a job. And then if I were to appoint um, a, ministry, uh, a Minister of Healthcare, okay, the alternative would be to get someone who's been running either Curo or the AdvTech schools because they've... Um, I think the AdvTech, they say that they don't actually have a screen for who they choose to come into the school. So there's no entrance test, but they've been able to get consistently 100% matric pass rate, but also close to 100% bachelor's yes, pass rate. Yes, the
2: entrance, the entrance test is what your parents can afford, including yeah, yeah. Of, all of the extracurricular, the of number course. of kids who have all sorts of extracurricular of help. Course. But I mean, what you were saying is that they can afford, we, we the parents we can, take, can afford it.
3: We take any IQ, we take, so basically, if you go into the basic education system, you're dealing with a variety of uh, challenges, but you want a teacher or an administrator who says i don 't care what the kid scored in their last test. I can get them to the finish line with a quality pass so hmm. um, there are obviously challenges between uh, dealing with public education versus private education where the resources are significantly more, but we spend i think um, what is the number for our basic education two hundred and something two hundred and ninety five uh, a billion a year on basic education. So we're spending a lot of money compared to the other side of countries, but we're not getting value for that money. So I would consider those two. And then in healthcare, I would go to either Bara or some of the Cape Town hospitals and pick whoever is the manager of that hospital, who if they have good credentials and put them in the ministry. We've got a problem where we've got too many cadres who are either in Tanzania or wherever who are being given these very technical um you know, portfolios, and they don't have the managerial expertise to understand what is the basic unit of and function of my ministry and how do I keep it running? If you go to a police station right now, most of them, you can see that there's a problem with policing. You don't have to go far. Just in the police station, you can see there's nothing here that is going to come out. And if you go to a clinic, it's the same. From the long queues, the poor quality of service, you can just tell that these are people who are not working with their basic unit of function. So that's why I'm nonplussed. I would try to get... Um, Technical people and try to find, for instance, in the in the policing, I will need to get somebody who's done detective work, somebody who's done field work, and somebody who understands the I mean, nexus I mean, of the I mean, system. All but of
0: I'm this not, is good.
1: But we're I'm dealing not the with guys, with... so I can't. Yeah, I, can't do I, it. I, I wish I <laughs> no, would, but it's, 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 it's I mean, sterile But Pummy, we know we're dealing with it with a, a party who doesn't believe in merit; they believe. But in you know,
2: I I even even worse, I think, and nobody. This is my unpopular opinion of the moment is it really doesn't matter if Cyril Ramaphosa does actually get it together to reshuffle his cabinet because Cyril Ramaphosa, what we are dealing with here is we're dealing with the president who's gearing himself up as a dictator. He has consolidated into his office so many extra governmental um Task teams, task force, oh, yeah. and and all of those people report to the office of the president. And so what he's done is he's consolidated into his office all of the things that actually should be sitting in parliament. Because all of these people that he brings in, whether it's a chief red ribbon cutter or whether it is a minister of electricity or whatever else he's putting in, do not have to go and account in parliament for the things that they do or the things that they say. Uh, and Cyril Ramaphosa is not accounting. He doesn't even talk to the media.
3: I agree with you uh, that there's been a concentration of power in the president. And I think it's been an attempt by him to bypass the failures of the, of his own cabinet and to his be own a dictator. bureaucracy. But, but I mean, the other side of that equation is that it's not leading to change, right? The task teams, the, all of that concentration has, if, if not from a democratic liberal theory, um, tradition, if he was producing results, some people would be okay with that. They'd be saying, okay, he's done this super ministry within the presidency, but now I can see A, B, C, D, E, F, G. But the, the trick side of the, or the challenge for him is it hasn't actually led to any change. So it comes with none of the benefits. Any change that you
2: are happy with or that you can see. And if there's anything, that is one concession that, you know, a couple of days ago, is, uh, there are two things that yeah. came out. So his weekly letter that he writes from the desk of the president and the second one, this, the shocking one this week, was about the grey listing of South Africa becoming being an opportunity for South oh, Africa's system to, to oh, recalibrate God. and get things right. What an expensive lesson we're learning!
3: It's like saying obesity right? is an opportunity to exercise. Um,
2: but the second thing, which which I think I, I don't think enough people picked up on this, right? Is, is, is his second thing was really his statement around. Um, the director situation and what's happening, um, at ESCOM mm-hmm. and the words that he used, uh, w- which, which for me really did turn on a light is the fact that you are not happy. This is in his re- responding affidavit is that simply because you are not happy with the result that has been yielded does not mean that work has not been done. And that is, <laughs> oh, th- my word. That, that's a That's the, Really, that's a light into the mind of the man, right? Sim- simply because we are not happy with what we see as he consolidates power into his office doesn't mean that he is not achieving what he is setting out to achieve.
3: Well, I think we, we must be very, very clear that the president's legal argument is not sound, right? Because he said that um, I don't have this legal duty. But uh, in Mazibugo and in Khutbun, what they actually said is that government does have a duty And they must take reasonable steps to realize the provision of those Section 27 rights. So what has happened in the last five years is that those rights which you're supposed to get, if you were getting 75, now you're getting 50. You cannot go to the court and say, you said I should take reasonable time to achieve the thing, and that doesn't give me an obligation. But the reality is you've taken, in that time you were given, the reasonable time where you were supposed to move from 75 to 100, you've moved from 75 to 50. So you can't say, don't make All a right. finding against me, things have gotten worse because they should make <laughs> a finding against you because things have gotten worse because the obligation was not to take out the 75 and give 50. It was to move in reasonable time using the resources of the government to achieve 100%. So his his case um is predicated on a misunderstanding of what the court said because in Kutblum and in, in Mazibuku, the government did win the cases, but it was on the basis of you need to, uh, progressively realize, realize, I, not I mean, derogate.
1: I love this. P- Pumi, your example, I mean, it's just so, it does give you an insight into how he thinks. In other words, because he's been doing some work, whatever that work is, even yeah. though it's resulted, it's resulted in nothing, the fact because that you're he's doing, unhappy with the work that yeah. he's doing doesn't hey, mean please. he's not working. He's still been doing the work, you know. So this is just typical, like nonsense. You can tell that this is someone who's hardly ever been responsible for anything in their lives. That they've kind of... Anyway, look. Uh, the thing I want to bring us to is we've got a final result on the poll, and uh, I want to get to that shortly. But I did see that that Jamie also had some comments to make on the Nigerian election, which we brought up on last week's burning platform. Let it never be said that on this show we don't talk about African things. We absolutely dedicate ourselves to making sure that we shine the correct light on all of the stories from our own continent. But, um, Jamie, you've got some comments on on how those elections went. Go ahead.
3: Well, I mean, the result has been announced. There's some challenges. uh, Tinebu, uh who is part of the incumbent party, has been declared the winner. And people are complaining that the, there was vote buying, election rigging, all manner of things. But one of the critical questions that exists is that the youth of Nigeria backed a totally different candidate. They didn't back him. They backed um, Peter Obi and um, they're very frustrated with the way things are. And the dynamics in Nigeria are such that right now they are over 21% inflation. They have a currency shortage. They have got over 60% youth unemployment. Sounds very similar to South Africa minus the inflation. Well, Um, the
2: other thing that's very similar to South Africa, what I saw as the results have been trickling in. I mean, I've been very frustrated looking at, at what's happening on the ground in Nigeria is the fact that, the, the nigerian iec i think they call it N-N-N-E-C, yeah i-n-e-c i-n-e-c um, that only of the 90 we spoke about this last week that there are 90 million registered voters in nigeria but they are re- reporting that only 23 million people showed up to vote yeah. very wow. similar to south africa what, right Was is worse, that even is a worse, valid it's election worse even
3: in south africa because is
2: that even a valid election you when you have less than a quarter of the I- people showing up to vote
3: it's very bad, and it, uh, I wish we had more time. It's it uh, that.
1: amazing because, because when young people are clearly on one side of an argument and older people on the other, that indicates that there's going to be some kind of dissension in society as a whole. That, uh, you know, the young people who are looking to make their futures in a country, if they feel that that future is being decided by old people who are going with the same old, you know, necessarily, not necessarily different way, that's going to lead to some some huge reactions in society in Nigeria.
2: But it's also important that young people must learn that you don't vote on Twitter. <laughs> you don't vote on Twitter. You vote at the ballot box. You know, but you they, did, they did vote.
3: They, they did vote. I think the challenge that exists in Nigeria is, number one, the dynamics of a, a national election. Because you need over $20 million to be able to run a national election. Uh, and these guys what they do the 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 godfathers and all of these guys the guys who benefit from the tenders and the contracts they basically give out food parcels in the villages and in what we would call townships and the slums so if you're right. not able to go and uh, match that you know to go with a rice pack cooking oil you know a yam and 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 plantain and all of this stuff you're basically not going to be as relevant as the guy who comes every week just to maintain that and there's allegations there that votes are being bought for 2000 naira what? and various amounts because these these old guys, the Tinubus and even Atiku, they have been buying elections for a long time. But the real challenge aside of the election is that Nigeria is run by godfathers. Even Tinubu is, is 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 alleged to have been a godfather. These are the guys who have been governors and then elevated and they work behind the scenes to secure states for candidates that they prefer in return for favors. So it's very difficult to hold them to account because they're not like officially Uh, you know, operating in any capacity, but they are known to be running uh, those particular states to the per- to their preferences. That's why you'll find that there's a very affluent community in Nigeria and most of the country is living in abject poverty. And everyone knows that these godfathers are running the show, but how do you hold them to account? So I think what well, you see in Lagos, the, the, the victory of Peter Obi in Lagos, shows that in one of those places, at least the youth were able to prevail. But it's difficult when you come out of the mainland to now... Um, Of the the island to do that in a way that you can replicate across the country because 20 million dollars is a lot of money, and the youth of Nigeria don't have those kind of logistics. But you're right that it's not just Twitter, but I think to be fair to them, they did try. It's just like the dynamics are such that, uh, Jamie, I'm gonna
1: have to uh, call this to order. We want to just thank uh, the professor for coming in this morning, uh, Professor Iguala. Who has been so helpful, and uh, we are all paying attention because, thank goodness, for the tax ombudsman; otherwise, we would have no recourse against the predations of SARS. But also, I think your message overall is know your rights. Um, and I appreciate you being part of the show this morning.
2: We even forgot to do an ad that says how do people get hold
0: of the tax ombud? Where do
1: they find you? What's your email address?
0: What's the? Oh yeah, you thank you very much. Um, our contact details are on our website, which is www textumber.gov.za um we you can get dot you can get all the, the, the information there um, and yeah no i also thank you very much for for having us here it was an interesting discussion uh, sorry, Jamie, I couldn't comment on any no, of what no, you said, you, but yeah. that is purely because I believe in do unto others as they do unto you. Because you haven't commented on any of the things that I
1: said.
3: <laughs> no, you covered, you covered, you covered everything. I didn't have. Um, it, it's it's very difficult to say things about uh, a person who's operating in an official capacity in a supporting role as an ombuds, right. because you are a referee. So I can't say much to a referee. Unless they, if you had been implicated oh. as the office of the ombuds in something wrong, I would have said, what happened last week or what happened six years ago? But the ombuds is the Ombuds. So I can't, for me, I think the questions that you asked were comprehensive. Um, and you covered it. Hey, you, you explained guys. to
2: people. Jamie is a politician. That is a deftly dealt with Jamie. Well done. That
1: was very well done. So I'm very upset that none of us got to comment. And we, we all could have joined in on the discussion around Didi was Mabuza this? leaving. But hey, there's uh, a
2: tuning. but, but tell us the tell us the answer to the uh, I know we're I, out of time. Oh. Just a few more minutes. Let's look at oh. the answers to the polls. Okay.
1: So you'll all be <laughs> devastated to learn that only four percent of our audience think that tax is the fairest way to distribute resources. You'll be equally unhappy to hear that twenty-two percent think it is unfair and penalizes certain people. You may be pleased or not to know that the cost of being part of society, 29% of people agree with that, that tax is the cost of being part of society. But overall, the winning category is that tax is theft, 45% of people. (laughs) So, so Edward Kiesfeder has a work cut out for him, but we have, we have on our side the tax ombudsman. So if you have a, a complaint or an issue with SARS, and they're not responding to you, and they're not doing what you need them to do, then please get hold of the professor and his very good people at the Tax Ombud. They will help you to sort out How these problems. Did 98,
2: did 98,
1: days 90, 98% success rate, which is very, very impressive. Taxombud.gov.za. Thank you, Jamie. Very good to have you on the show, as okay. always. Thank you, Professor Lewa'ila, and thank you to Pumi Mashiho. We will see you on Thursday next week for The Burning Platform. Cheers, everybody. Bye
0: bye.